Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I had to think about that this time. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And the Thought Leader Podcast is turning into something very interesting for me because our guests are showing their true thought leadership and we're discovering amazing things about connections between business and personal skill sets of things they enjoy, their hobbies, their there's not their side hustles, but their recreational activities. Yeah, we do our best to make people cry or laugh or um, what do they call that thing where, um, you know, when you're drinking and you have a moment and you got to spit out all the water. Spit takes. Yeah. Spit, spit takes. Uh, anyway, today we talked to, to Jeff DeGarmo, um, an entrepreneur and uh, somebody who... Randy, I have no idea how, how to explain this. Uh, franchise models and... Yeah, so, I mean, we talk soccer, we talk um, Iron Man, we talk franchises, and how do they all work together? Very interesting. Oh, kind of like, uh, you know, positions on the soccer field, right? Yeah, we talk about that as well. Everybody, here is Jeff DeGarmo. Fun chat. Hi, Jeff. So I figure why not dive right in and ask you about those really boss um, headphones you have on? Oh, well, uh, obviously the last year has been a, a whole lot of Zoom meetings and that sort of thing, and I've never really used a headset, so I know that was recommended today. So I said, son, do you have a headset I can borrow? <laughs> and so he's got several gaming headsets, and so I'm using his Destiny headset. So we're, we're thinking that whatever you say has got to be epic as a result, right? Sort of in that exactly. gaming mindset. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, so, so Jeff, we're not, we're not playing games here. Uh, <laughs> and I would love to know something about your games, your triathlon games, your, your Ironman triathlons, not just ordinary ones. Yes, sir. How did you get into that and why? Uh, well, I've always kind of had an interest in fitness and health and grew up playing soccer but uh went to lunch with a couple buddies one day they were on my soccer team and they're like i think we're gonna try out this triathlon thing you should join us so i said sure why not didn't have a bike didn't really know how to swim just kind of figured it out over the next few months and uh just fell in love with the sport uh, and it was a short one at that time it was a sprint distance and three years later i was doing full distance and i've done about 20 years since then that's crazy. I've always thought people doing that are basically insane. It, it's a little so, bit insane, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I work out pretty frequently and, you know, I go go for a run and I get to about three miles. I'm going, that's enough. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, can you list all nine that you've done location-wise? Uh, yeah, so I've done Florida twice. Did Wisconsin, Lake Placid. Let's see here, Chattanooga, Lake Tahoe, Boulder. I did one in Whistler. This last one I actually got to do in my hometown, the first one in Tulsa. I think that's all of them. So, and and I have to say, so full disclosure, I uh, lived in Tulsa for part of my life. My folks are down in Broken Arrow. So okay. I'm curious about the Tulsa Ironman. Okay, so where did where was the swim? Was it in 
in the, the river? Lake Keystone, which I was oh, a little okay. bit disappointed they did not use Sky Took, but yeah, I, I graduated from Broken Arrow, so. Well, I thought maybe you know on a good weekend you could it could just be the Arkansas River, oh, your your mile. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little nuts, yeah. though. I'm not sure what was worse. I guess Lake Keystone, you know, kind of flows into the the Arkansas, so I guess it's the same water. Yeah, what wasn't the the cleanest environment for a swim? So speaking of not the cleanest, no, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about business, well, yeah, it's it's not always the cleanest environment. So speaking about business, you work with a lot of folks who are kind of casting around and trying to find their way. I guess not not that unlike swimming in an Ironman, right? You're you're <laughs> in ma- with a mass of people and you can't see all the legs under the water. And how would you describe the work you do and and kind of what the destination is? Yeah, you know, I think in in everything I do, I'm just kind of at this point in my career, looking for ways that I can serve others and helping them, you know, accelerate their lives and help them become personally and professionally successful, whatever that may be. So I do veteran mentoring with the two or three different organizations, which are focused on transitioning military members and, you know, getting them into corporate careers. You know, the franchise coaching is helping individuals that are you know, exploring, you know, hopping out of the the corporate world into business ownership, or potentially just adding a secondary business as, um, you know, additional cash flow and wealth generation. And then, you know, on the fitness side, I do a little bit of coaching in terms of just helping people achieve whatever their fitness goals might be. So with all that, how do you find time to actually train? Uh, I get up really early in the morning. Uh, so my, my first one, always, so I'm married with five kids, so the time is uh, valuable to me, more valuable than money. Uh, so the first one that I did, I did all my training kind of during the day, and I was basically, my wife said, I'm like a widow. I don't ever see you. And it's, it can be 15 to 20 hours a week. And so after that one, I figured, okay, if I'm going to continue to do these, or I should say if she's going to let me continue to do these, I've got to find a better way to do it. So I started getting up four or five o'clock in the morning and knocking out my workouts before everyone else got out of bed. So I'm really interested in the um, franchise consulting part of what you're doing. Lots mm-hmm. of people want to jump into franchises. Many of them jump in and find out it's not what they're wanting and they can't make it work. And what what's the process that you provide for your clients? Yeah, and the thing that I love about it is that it's just very much an educational process for me. I don't have anything to sell them. I just teach them about franchising. Um look at it very much like a realtor would, um, you know, buying a house, you're going to tell them what area you want to be in, how much money you have to spend, you know, how many bedrooms, baths, style of home. I'm kind of doing the same thing, but focused on businesses, business values, characteristics, you know, financial goals. And then based on that portfolio we put together, um, you know, I'll look into the 250 or so that we represent and say, okay, based on that, these six to eight might be a good place to start. So it just kind of helps people focus on areas to, to begin their search. And part of my job is to not get them to the finish line of signing a franchise agreement. It's first and foremost, you know, do you want to be a business owner? If you want to be a business owner, do you want to do that via franchise? And then if so, can we find something that you're passionate enough about that you can go full steam ahead and be successful at it? So the franchise concept is very unique in that it is totally dependent on the systems and processes that the franchisor has already developed. Absolutely. So the franchisee can go in and literally start on day one. What is the thing that you would advise your clients to be wary of 
before getting too involved with a, a franchising company? Yeah, you know, obviously the the leadership team at the franchise system is key for me. I've owned a franchise and sold it and have just started a new fitness franchise now. So in my research, it was, you know, talking to the president of the franchise system, talking to, you know, who's going to be providing training and support and marketing and sales and all those things. And then I also say the biggest key for anyone investigating a franchise is the validation stage, which is talking to other franchise owners. That's where you're going to get the most information. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to have people that aren't doing well. You're going to have people that are doing really well. And I always tell my clients that, okay, try to see, do you align with this person from, you know, in, in ethics so work performance, you know, motivation, discipline. If you're more like the person that you're talking to and they're doing bad, then that might give you an indication that this is not the franchise for you. But if you'll consider yourself to be very much like the person who's knocking it out of the park, then it could be a good fit for you. With all of your Ironman training, your competitive nature there, what have you learned from your, your training regime, your nutrition, your health regime that translates very directly into effective management of a business, be it a franchise or some other business? Yeah, I say for me, um, it's discipline and determination. You know, just never, you're going to fail. I mean, it happens all the time. I fail in my training. I fail during race day. You know, being able to learn from that and move forward. In addition to the franchises that I've owned, I also started an advertising agency and operated that for 16 years and sold it to a public company. So a lot of failures along the way to get to where we got to, to actually, you know, reap the rewards of what we built. But for me, it's just discipline and determination and, you know, kind of that never quit mentality. So if on the, you can see, we kind of play the two sides of things. Randy likes to pry into the business part. So I'll, I'll kind of pry into the, the uh, personal side. I'm curious, would you say you kind of started out in the Navy, you kind of cut your teeth on business and, and leadership there, or at, where did the sort of mindset grow within you to build stuff and and run build companies and run them and figure it all out yeah i would say probably while i was in the navy obviously is a big leadership component to that um as a mission commander you know i was taking a crew of 18 flying around the world so a lot of responsibility with equipment and people doing those sort of things but i have my father was big into computers growing up he operated an operations center for oil and gas company and so I kind of had that interest, and while I was in the Navy, that was about the time that AOL came around, the internet started getting big, and I taught myself to develop websites. And so when I got out of the Navy, I was like, you know, I can go with a, a government contracting job, which there was plenty to pick from, or I can stick with what I kind of loved on the computer side and try out doing it on my own. So I ended up with an independent contractor role, contract to hire with an advertising agency, and uh, that literally started right after 9-11. Obviously, that advertising and marketing dollars dried up. And my three-month contract to hire was three-month contract to get rid of half the agency. So at that point, I was like, okay, not the greatest time to be looking for a job. And so I just kind of stuck with the freelancing stuff that I'd been doing, continued to work for the agency just as an independent contractor. And that's kind of how my being self-employed started. So and, you were... Uh you were kind of, an, as the kids say, an OG gig worker. I mean, I you, was. <laughs> you, right. So curious about your thoughts on 
kind of how things are growing and shaping and changing, in some ways it's a lot easier to do that kind of work now, but in a lot of ways it's challenging too. So, but where, um, what do you think about, you've got five kids, uh, what do you think um, the next generation looks like for gig workers and the whole thing? Yeah, I think I think that, you know, gig work is it's not going away. I think that, you know, what maybe some of the younger gig workers lack is an understanding of how to operate a business and treat their gig work as a business. And so I think the successful ones are the ones that don't just see it as gig work. Yes, that's the way they're making their money, but they still need to treat it like a business and do all the things that any business owner would do with employees. That's where you're going to find success as a gig worker. I think that's interesting. Um, As I've been watching, particularly the last 12 months, a lot of the gig workers found themselves without gigs to work. And there's certainly people who have found themselves without a career to move forward to. So Mm -hmm. do you see uh, a long-term future for people who enjoy gig working now or do they need to be able to parlay some of the skills they learn doing that into owning their own business because employment opportunities will probably reduce, in my opinion, as we go forward. So how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm plug my, my franchise coaching here. That's what we've seen a lot over the last year is that you know, have a lot of displaced workers, whether they were gig workers or, you know, corporate higher ups that they tend to be the first ones that are furloughed, let go, um, or at least worried about that. So we've seen a lot of people make that transition. Obviously there's some cash injection that's needed to do that sort of thing, which is where I think, you know, traditional gig workers may struggle, just not having the the net worth or income liquidity to start a business, I think that's where traditional gig workers will struggle. But, you know, I would say over the last year, and I work as an independent contractor for a company called the Franchise Consulting Company. And I mean, last July in the middle of everything was 80% above July of 2019 up because there were that many people looking to move out of the corporate world into business ownership. Yeah. Interesting. Jeff, if we were going to kind of go back to looking through the lens of your kids, um, I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see, I'm, I'm sure with five, they have different kind of directions as to how they see the world. So if you were to just kind of, you don't have to say their names or anything, but to just to kind of say, okay, here's one direction that one kid is going, here's a direction another kid is going. Because I'm really curious as to where they inherited those interests and skills is it from you from your wife is it from society yeah i'm just interested to see kind of what that looks like yeah so i have kind of i guess two different sets so my older three are from 20 to 26 and then my youngest two are 9 and 12 so big split Mm -hmm. um two different moms Uh, so the older ones obviously had different influences than the younger ones and older ones are kind of out on their own. My 20 year olds starting a computer networking program at a tech school here. So I guess he's kind of following a third generation computer interest. My youngest daughter, she's in a master's degree program doing interior design. And she's probably the one that's most like me in terms of just super driven. She's going to figure it out and she'll be a business owner someday. I mean, that's, I can, totally see that in her future. Uh, and then my oldest, um, you know, she's managing a, a hotel right now and um, 
she's had a lot of challenges, but kind of come through and is, you know, really working hard. And so I think there'll be a lot of success for her. And she's driven in her own way. She's just taken a different path to get there. The youngest two, you know, they're going to be professional sports stars. That's what they decided they're going to be. So soccer's our big thing. Lacrosse is our big thing. We travel across the country to do both of those. So uh, they're, they're convinced they're going to be professional soccer players. So are you, were you, uh, well, I guess in Randy's in Australia and in the UK and so on, don't they call fullback defense? Were you a sweeper, stopper? I don't think they do that anymore. What was your big position? Uh, I was uh, usually in the midfield. So. Okay, you're fast. Yeah, I was the runner. <laughs> nice. Could you could you do uh, corner kicks pretty well as well? Yeah, yeah. So nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the running on the soccer field, but not so much just running to run. So that made triathlon that much more difficult to get into. And so the kids are the kids also midfielders, or do you have a goalkeeper? Uh, so no. my youngest is actually a pretty awesome goalkeeper, but he also is a awesome center forward so he usually gets to split his time doing that it's got skills. Uh, and then my 12 year old he's a he's a midfielder he's a runner also that's neat so speaking of uh the goal this is an, another bad uh, analogy <laughs> here but the goal of the podcast is to kind of give you you know get your story out there and for us to you know it's clear that you've got some real thought leadership around uh franchising Curious as to what your ideal clients look like um, and where they can find you. Yeah, I think, you know, ideal client is really anyone that's contemplated business ownership, like I said, whether that's as a career transition from the corporate world or they're going to stick with their corporate job, but they want to build something to leave as a legacy to their kids or generate, you know, some additional wealth for their retirement, something that they can transition to, you know, five to 10 years down the road. You know, traditionally, it's someone that's been in a corporate role probably 10 to 15 years just so that they've been able to accumulate some net worth and some liquid capital to invest. But, you know, someone that just has that desire to kind of take control of their future. You know, they want to generate wealth for themselves, not for someone else. And, you know, those people can be anywhere. I mean, I get, you know, referrals from people, a lot of LinkedIn networking could be even reviewing resumes. You find people that are making a transition, but they, you can tell they have the experience in business development roles or management roles that sales roles would would be a good fit for business ownership. You know, in terms of finding me, I'll have my own website, jdegarmo.com on LinkedIn is where I connect with a lot of people as well. Awesome. Well, we like to keep these uh, podcasts relatively short and because that way they stay interesting and, <laughs> and we're able to stop them before we start getting people too bored. Um, this has been great. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for spending it with us and really appreciate your insights. Yeah. I love that you're a, a, an Iron Man. That's something that I would have loved to have done, but uh, <laughs> not now. It's never too late. I say it to everyone, it's never too late. It's all in your head. <laughs> well, yeah, and my knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again for reaching out and giving me the opportunity to do this. Great to talk with you. Well, thank you, Jeff. I had never really thought about the connection between perseverance in a physical element and perseverance in a business element. We know they exist, but I've always tried to separate the two. You've brought them back together for me. 
I uh, loved talking Ironmans. Um, I've got a dad who was a triathlete all the time, so I, I love that culture, love the, the people that do you know, that kind of athletics. I was also a soccer kid, so I, I love talking just a little bit of soccer. And to hear the stories about his kids was really neat and how different they all are and how that it, it almost you can see those as the windows he has to the world. So if you'd like to see a window into uh, Randy's brain, uh, you can visit our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com. Now, don't spend too much time inside my brain, but do fill out the assessment that you'll see at the top right-hand corner of our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com. Spend a minute on that. We'll spend a minute or two reading it and send back a response. And um, if you need a lifeline, just subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you on the next one tomorrow. Bye for now.